How do you create a new habit? How do you get rid of unwanted habits? Habits that are maybe not healthy or that you just don't like that you do. How do we change these behaviors? This is what this episode is all about. You're listening to The Terry Holland Show, the podcast for high-performing entrepreneurs ready to take your life and your business to the next level. And if you want to get there faster, go to terryholland.ca. Habits, we all have them. Good, bad, indifferent. Whether you're consciously aware of them or you're not consciously aware of them, much of what we do every day is habitual behavior. These are things that we do often outside of our awareness. And sometimes we have those bad habits, those negative behaviors, the ones that stop us from being our best selves. And how do you get rid of those habits? How do you create a new habit? You know, as we're moving into spring, a lot of people start thinking about changing things up, spring cleaning, getting rid of the old. So how do we change some of those habitual behaviors? Well, I have some tips I'm going to share with you today. And the first one is for creating a new habit. So let's say there's a new habit that you're trying to adopt and you just find that you can't do it. You know, maybe it's taking your vitamins every day. This is one that I used to struggle with in the past. And it's because I would just forget because it wasn't a habit yet. So when we're starting these new habits, often we can, you know, we forget because it's just not a part of our unconscious behavior yet. So how do we get it there? Well, the first tip I have for you is to link it to an existing habit, an existing behavior. So for example, I will make coffee almost every morning. It's more likely that I will make coffee than I will not make coffee because that's something that's already habitual, meaning it's an unconscious behavior. I don't really think about it. It's just part of my routine in the morning that I make coffee. So if I put my supplements next to the coffee maker, that becomes a part of the existing behavior that, you know, when I go to make the coffee or I go to, to pour myself a cup of coffee, I'm reminded that it's time to take my supplements. Whereas if I kept the supplements just in a cupboard, I'm probably not going to remember to take them unless I happen to open that cupboard for something else. So you need to set up these triggers and link the new habit to something you already do. And then once it becomes habitual, then you can, you know, put the supplements away and they don't have to live next to the coffee maker anymore. And, and you'll know that it's become a habit when it becomes more uncomfortable to not do it than to do it. You see, when we're starting a new habit, a new behavior, doesn't feel natural yet because it's not natural yet. It's something you have to consciously think about doing. But once it becomes unconscious, now it's a habit. So now it would feel weird not to take them. And I would instantly know that there is something missing for my routine. And I would then go and take the supplements because it's a part of the the pattern of behavior now. So it's the same thing with, uh, say, making your bed every day. Now, this is my second tip, is if you're the kind of person who struggles to form new habits and struggles to stick with anything, 
you know, maybe don't start with a big habit. Don't try to recreate your entire life overnight. Start with something really simple that you can do every day and do it for 30 days before starting something new. So I always tell people, you start with the habit of making your bed. If you don't already make your bed, start making your bed every day. I used to not make my bed every day. And this was something I did to train myself to stick to something because it was easy. Because every morning, at some point, I'm going to get out of bed. And at some point, I'm going to walk back into my bedroom. So even if I don't make it right away, I'm going to walk back into the bedroom several times throughout the morning. And I'm going to be reminded to make the bed when I see it's not made. It gives you an instant win. And when you commit to doing something like making the bed every day, and then you do it, you are creating new neural pathways of success. You're creating a pattern of integrity. You are training yourself that you uphold your commitments and you do what you say you're going to do. So if you're not someone who makes your bed every day and you're wanting to create some new habits in your life, start by making your bed every single day. Do it for a month. Do it for a month until it becomes uncomfortable to not make your bed. That, you know, say you get really busy one day and you don't make the bed until six o'clock at night, but then you just, you feel like, oh, I just got to do it because my day doesn't feel right. Now, you know, it's a habit. So if you're not making the bed already, start making your bed every day. If you are making your bed every day, pick something else that's easy an easy win. Maybe you do one of those social media 30-day challenges. You know, the ones I'm talking about where you you post a picture following a certain schedule. So every day, you know, you follow a routine and it tells you what you're supposed to post that day and you post an image of that thing. Or I did one recently that was 30 days, you post a song for 30 days and it would give you prompts like today post a song that makes you... Um, you know, it makes you dance or post a song that reminds you of a loved one, uh, post a song from your favorite artist, things like that. And so, you know, find one of those, you can Google them, you can find them on Canva, pick one of those and just commit to doing it each day. And when you set yourself up for these small micro commitments, it really starts to create that pattern, those neural pathways of following through, doing what you say you're going to do, and succeeding at it. You see, when we set ourselves these big, lavish goals, and then it gets too hard, and we quit, it's it's often because it was just too much too soon, and the neurology wasn't there to support that new habit. So if, if you are the kind of person, like I used to be, where you... Uh, you just don't stick to things at all, and it's really hard to form new habits, then start with something. Just pick something small, something little. Do it for 30 days. Don't pick the biggest challenge in your life. Don't, you know, don't decide that you're going to run 10K every day if you've never been a runner before, uh, because you'll probably not follow through on it. That brings me to step three. So what about, or tip three, what about those big goals that you do want to achieve? Like, let's say you want to incorporate a new fitness routine into your life. You know, recently I got a Peloton and I, my, my relationship with doing cardio has been iffy at best. I've never enjoyed doing cardio. I've always hated it, 
But I've always really wanted to get into a routine of doing it and to do something that I like doing. And lately, you know, I fell out of a fitness habits, you know, over the last while. And I knew I needed to establish something, a routine again. So we got a Peloton and it came, I guess, 10, 10, 11, I don't know, came over a week ago now. And I set a goal that I was going to make this a habit. So instead of saying, I'm going to ride the Peloton every day and I'm going to make a personal best. And, you know, instead of setting this big goal that I might not follow through on for the first seven days, the goal was just to get on the bike, nothing else, just to get on it, which meant that I had to, you know, put on my workout clothes. I had to put on my cycling shoes and I had to sit on the bike and then I could get off. That's all I had to do. And of course, you know, once I was dressed for it, had the shoes on, I sat on the bike, well, then I may as well do something, right? Because I'm already there. But that was bonus. So if there was a day where I wasn't feeling it, or if I was really sore from the day before, all I had to do, like, consciously, I knew that all I had to do was get on the bike. And then if I only pedaled for five minutes, it didn't matter because I still, I was still winning at the goal I set, which was just to get on the bike. And of course, what actually happened is that I got on the bike every day, except one day where I was way too sore and it would not have been, it would not have been smart to be on the bike, Um, but I still got dressed for it. And I got on the bike every day and every day I did a full ride. And it took the pressure off because I didn't have to. All I had to do was get on it. I didn't have to do anything else. And so, but you know, once you're there, it's easy to start riding. So if you want to start running, maybe maybe you start with just every day you get dressed to go for a run. You put the running shoes on and you step outside. And that's, that's all you have to commit to doing. And then everything else is extra. It's bonus. And then the next week you increase it. And you set yourself some more challenging goals, not dramatically challenging, but then you go, okay, so I've got into this habit of getting dressed to do the thing, showing up to do it. Well, now the next step is maybe I commit to doing 10 minutes, no matter what, 10 minutes, right? So give yourself some easy wins when you're establishing those bigger habits. If you want to change your nutrition you know, don't go all in 100%. I used to do this to myself where I used to commit to these extreme nutrition plans. And it was just setting myself up to fail because at some point, it's not going to work. At some point, I'm going to want to eat out or I'm going to be in a situation where I need to eat out. And if it's such a strict plan that doesn't allow for it, well, then I'm setting myself up to feel like I failed. But if you give yourself these little micro changes and you let each step of the way, sink in and become a part of your neurology and your new behavior, it becomes easier to stick to. And then what do we do about those bad habits? What do we do about the habits we don't want anymore? You know, so I've talked about you creating a habit by sticking to or by linking the new pattern of behavior, the new habit to something you already do. And, you know, we've talked about setting yourself up for the small wins. We've talked about how do you establish those bigger habits by setting yourself small little micro goals and building from there. 
But what do you do when you're, you know, you're doing something that's not good for you that you need to quit? Well, NLP is full of amazing tools for how to quit those bad habits. And in fact, on my YouTube channel, um, just this week, I posted a video showing a demonstration with one of my previous students and friend, Stefano, where I do a demonstration on him on how to go from a food you really like. And, you know, we all have those foods that we really like that if we didn't like them would probably be better for us. And how to use an NLP technique called mapping across to go from really liking something to really disliking it. It's called mapping across like to dislike in NLP, which is really about changing the coding in your mind. So you have a way in your mind of encoding information for something that you really like and something you really dislike. And if you're like 99% of the population, you're going to encode them differently. And so if we can change the thing that you really like to match the coding of something you really dislike, then you no longer like it. And it becomes really repulsive. So if you, I'll put the link to that video in the show notes. And then if you want to go watch it and see how that works, um, you can go watch it there. I'm not going to link the audio here to it because it's really something, I think you just have to watch it to see his physical reaction to the thing. We did this with Coke Zero. He was really, he was drinking about five cans a day down to zero not intended. That pun is not intended. He went from to zero Coke zeros. Um, and we did that. It was almost a year ago that we did that and recorded it for my NLP practitioner training for the pre-study material. And we just did a little follow-up interview the other day to see how it's going. And he has not touched it in almost a year. He's not even interested. It feels disgusted even looking at it. So that's how we can break a bad habit using a really quick technique in NLP. But sometimes habits are deeper than that. Sometimes they're more ingrained. Sometimes, you know, if something is really an addictive behavior, like a substance abuse problem, then we have more complex, much more complex interventions using NLP and timeline therapy and hypnosis to overcome things like smoking, alcoholism, and addiction. But this is really the demonstration that I do is really for those small bad habits. You know, it can be used for nail biting, nose picking. I've had several clients who are nose pickers who wanted to quit. Um, it could be for, I've had people who pick at their skin and they want to stop doing that, or they pick at their cuticles, so they bleed. So it's good for those kinds of things or for a food that you feel just really compelled to, to eat or consume and you just wish you didn't. It would just make it easier to achieve your health and fitness goals if you just didn't like that thing anymore. So that's that's what I demonstrate in that video. So you can check that out for how to overcome those really, you know, unwanted behaviors. And, you know, the other one, the last tip I'm going to leave you with is, is sort of like the first one, right? You can link the new habit or behavior to an existing one. But what if you don't have something to link it to? Well, then you can link it to a belief, something that's more important to you. Here's an example from my life. I used to not floss my teeth, and I know I'm not the only one out there, so don't judge me for it. 
but you know what happens? You go to the dentist and every time you go to the dentist, the dentist is, you know, reminds you, you got to floss your teeth. And it was never important enough for me to commit to doing it. I'd go to the dentist, I'd hear the lecture about flossing regularly and I'd go home with the little packet of floss they gave me and I'd do it a few times and then I would do it less and then it would become a sporadic thing that I'd really only do if, you know, if I had like a a seed stuck in between my teeth somewhere or something and I know I'm not the only one who does this. But then I read an article one day that some of the highest performing successful people in the world floss their teeth. And it was an article about behaviors that successful people have in common. And they were talking about flossing their teeth. Well, how quickly do you think I started flossing my teeth regularly? And so that became a habit very quickly because my unconscious mind and my conscious mind both agreed that, oh, well, if I want to be like these people, maybe I should adopt this, this behavior along with the other ones that they listed. But that was one of them where I went, okay, now I have a reason, something that's important enough to me to begin doing this behavior every single day. And there ha- since I read that article, there has not been a day that I have not flossed my teeth at least once, often twice. So if you can't link the new behavior to something existing, if you can't find something that's going to trigger that new thing, then maybe you need to find a really important reason to start doing it. And it makes it easier to commit to doing the new behavior. Again, don't try to change a bunch of things at once. Pick one thing to change. And once that becomes a new norm for you, then then pick up a new habit. I think, you know, people get overwhelmed when they try to change everything that they're doing and develop all these new routines and systems in their life. And then eventually at some point you're going to forget to do one of them. And that can feed into an old pattern of behavior of failure or of quitting. So these are some, you know, some quick tips that I think you could start applying right now. And I'd love to hear from you. So if you use one of these to adopt a new habit, let me know what it is. Now, if you really want to make some dramatic change in your life, the next NLP practitioner training begins April 17th, seven days intensive training live online. So you can be anywhere in the world. Doesn't matter where you are. You can join us online for this training and become an NLP practitioner, hypnotherapist, timeline therapy practitioner, and NLP coach all in one training. It is a life changer. This training changed my life, and I I get so excited about training other students now and showing them these techniques and really teaching you how to be self-sufficient in them so you can use them to transform and change your own life, as well as helping others if you choose to do that. Not everyone takes a training to work with other people as a practitioner or as a coach, but it will give you the skills to do that if you wish, or you just come for your own seven days of personal development and personal evolution. So I'll put that link in the show notes as well. I hope that all of you have an amazing day let me know how these habits change for you and and if this was useful for you. And if this episode was useful for you, then please, please send me a message. Let me know and share it with a friend who you think would benefit. Hope you guys have an amazing day. Bye for now.